0: drake yes jack have you ever seen a commie drink a glass of water well yeah, i i can't say i have jack (laughs) vodka that's what they drink isn't it never water well i i believe that's what they drink jack yes on no account will a commie ever drink water and not without good reason oh Yes. I am um,
1: This is Dr. Strange Love see Jason, do you remember what year this movie came from? Water
2: That's, that. so the, That's the, what the I'm movie, getting at, water So Dr. Strange Love came out Man, in 1964 Water is the
0: source of all life
2: 1964 this is Seven
0: tenths of this earth's surface is water Why do you realize that 70% of you is water
1: <laughs> I love this discussion And There's as human so like in the you and I, of need like fresh all pure war, water, this is to the priority. This, this, this conversation is the priority. Mandrake,
0: <laughs> <beginning> <laughs> Mandrake, <laughs> have you never wondered why I drink Peter only Sowers distilled so water good. or rainwater and only pure grain alcohol?
1: I... I could see a patient what, saying it, it, this it to me. Did it
0: did to me, Jack. You know
1: I yes. only give
3: my the kid parrot. distilled Have you ever heard of rainwater. a thing called fluoridation? And you're just water. this guy listening to him.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Yes, I, I have heard of that, Jack, yes. yes.
3: Well, do you know what it is?
0: No. No, I don't know what it is now. Do you realize that fluoridation is the most monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face?
1: <laughs> oh, that's great! Way worse than these gunshots. He's so calm. Play, game, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice shooting, soldier. <laughs> oh man, that is so good. That's great. So so good. Um, well, welcome well, to Operatory Nine. Um, if you don't recognize that clip, um, or you're new to it, you're welcome. Uh, Dr. Strangelove has to be one of the best, I, I shouldn't say that, one of the best movies, but it's an incredible movie. Um, it's political, it's satirical. Um, that closing scene when he rides the A-bomb like a bucking bronco is just <laughs> so iconic. So if you don't know this movie, um, shame on you. Well,
2: the full name of the movie is Dr. Strangelove or... How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love
1: the Bomb. <laughs> yes. So what, what's so killer about this is that it's um this is an old movie. This is the 60s, okay? And it's bringing up a fear of the 60s. And what was one of these fears? So this was the new concept of fluoridated water, right? The country had started fluoridating water um, and... This was becoming, by the 60s, it was becoming really mainstream. We had a little bit of data to show that it was reducing carries, and people were going bonkers with it. Um, but the John Birch Society had put up the notion that it was a communist plot for mind control. And there have been people ever since who have said, like, fluoridation is going to lower your IQ. It's going <laughs> to make you dumber. Um, during the fluoride wars here in Santa Fe, that came up during the um, public... Um, forums over those like we are getting dumber well just recently just last month the um, journal of the american medical association published an article a true peer-reviewed like very legit article on water fluoridation and lower iq and it found a correlation between the boys of women exposed to higher fluoride levels having lower iqs Um, study sample size was not huge But, okay, water fluoridation was um, judged through urine samples given by the mothers. Um, It's not a huge significant IQ drop, but it was um, statistically significant. Anyway, more important than this is, one, just that this is a real journal. We don't often see – like, fluoride has always been, like, this communist plot. Hey, Mandrake, (laughs) let me tell you about fluoride, right? (laughs) That's where it's come from. And for the first time that I've been aware of as a professional, we have a legit refereed literature. Here it is. Hey, guys, guess
3: what? May not be fluoride as may not be as safe as, as you we think thought. it is. Now, this
1: is interesting because this, this doesn't apply to dental that closely, right? Because, I mean, it certainly doesn't affect, like, fluoride application in office. Um, this is prenatal exposure, but it certainly – Throws into question the safety of public water fluoridation. So,
3: also, what kind of control the commies still have over (laughs) it? The commies are—they're everywhere. They're everywhere. We think we're getting away. We are not getting away. (laughs) We are definitely
1: under communist threat. Still, still, it's just China now, not Russia. (laughs) Yeah. So they just um, changed that. That during the the, during the fluoride wars, that was. in one of the public forums, a woman was like, "This is why the Chinese economy is taking us over because we fluoridate and they don't." So that gives credence to the idea of the new communist. They're
2: smarter pop. and we're we're dumber, and that's that's the. I mean, clearly proven, that's yeah, clearly, clearly
1: that's proven the proven by JAMA. Thank you guys. Um, no, I had a physician mom in. This mom's a physician. Her f- husband is a surgeon. Family I know, and um, they were in with their kids. And she questioned me about fluoride as We are finishing the exams on their kids now. Mind you, um both children had zero cavities you know caries free really great oral hygiene and a very informed mother you know overseeing it and she asks me what ah. Is it okay, she says, if I skip the fluoride treatment? Is that bad if I'm skipping fluoride? And I was like, you know, your kid's teeth are really healthy, so I don't know that it's necessarily indicated. And I asked her, what's your exposure at home? Are you on a well? And they live not far from me. I'm on a well that does not have fluoride. I said, you're probably not getting a lot in your water. And she brought it up. Yeah, they don't have it in their water, and she's also um, not using a fluoride toothpaste. And she was like, oh, should I feel bad about that? You Know because I don't do it with my kids, and that what was interesting was I know her, I know the clinic she works out of, and I know that they recommend fluoridation for their patients, but she didn't recommend it for, for her hers. own children, yeah, for right. her own children. Like, she's <laughs> her patients one way, but oh, but for my kids, I'm still questioning. So it was kind of interesting to me, right? This is a very informed Western um, person, right? Like, schooled in Western medicine who is like, hey. I don't know if this is safe for my kids. Like there's definitely – if you're
3: not doing it with your kids, you perceive there's a risk, right? So of course Chris is shaming her in the office for oh. being a great physician but <laughs> a terrible mother. Yes. Terrible mother. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I could see you're great but no. Um,
1: so yeah, I was like, well, you know, your risk level is low. You haven't had – your kids haven't had caries at this point. There's no reason to believe that you need to change your habits. The hygiene was coming great, you know. Um, but – so it kind of like brought up this i couple things like one, what is the role of water fluoridation in this day and age? Two, is this new JAMA study like opening Pandora's box for fluoride? Is it giving credence to the commies? And um, <laughs> you know also like what is the role we play in the office in dealing with fluoride because it's obviously going to be met with opposition and it's not going to be any less.
2: Well, and from that study, I I just can't help but bring in pop culture references too. I mean, they're saying that it's making making our boys dumber. If you're drinking that as a mother and expecting mother, I, I, how what what different? How how different would Forrest Gump have been? If, if we had known this before. Oh, so the, the teacher, as the mom is, is saying uh, that we want him to go to school, and he says, your boy is different, Mrs. Gump. And he's like, this is normal, normal IQ. Your son's right here. Now, were you drinking any fluoridated water w- when you were pregnant with him? <laughs>
3: right? Life is like community fluoride water. You never know how dumb you're going to get. Uh, it's a
1: good point it's valid we'll give <laughs> wow um yeah maybe maybe we should start um collecting a iq data and then um, you know working this one in reverse that's right retro <laughs> yeah re- Retro-actively Retro-actively inf- go back. Inf- yes.
2: retrograde information we gotta we need to work back okay nope that was the culprit De- yeah. Yeah. definitely definitely your fluoride exposure <laughs>
1: Interesting, though, because right, because moms pass, like in a bacterial study of a kid, the maternal bacteria is most likely the bacteria to have seeded the oral cavity for the kid. So interesting. I mean, we all know that the, the you know, mom plays a significant role in the biology of a child. And interesting, even more credence to the fact that when you're pregnant, you got to be careful. It seems like there's a lot of medications that under normal circumstances are very considered very safe have great track records that you that you skip during pregnancy and so fluoride can be can be viewed as a medicine anyway um you know our office i kept referencing the um, santa fe fluoride wars that was the city's attempt to banish fluoride Um, it just shows that we're in a community that certainly has a great number of people that question it and um I think we're pretty cool about it, right? Like we we're deal really, with it all right.
2: Yeah, at Santa Fe, and you've got a lot of those—a a very high volume of patients or parents that have certain lifestyles, um, and we we accommodate them. We 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 welcome them because a the mom was saying, "I appreciate how how uh, progressive you are," and thinking about it afterwards, I'm like, "I'm not progressive." I'm. I'm more progressive tolerant, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm tolerant of your progressiveness, and we fine bring come in and we can make sure that we're trying to help the disease that is in your child's mouth, but um, we're not going to force you to do anything. And if you go anywhere else, it they're going to get similar, uh, sim- nobody's going to say, oh no, we, we have to, so you're not going to force these parents or these types of people into treating a certain way
1: no we're definitely one of the more tolerant offices that i've been familiar with and we definitely get a lot of patients come in because of our reputation for um, tolerance i mean really i tell people like my role is to give you the information help you make good choices and then help you accomplish tasks with your own children that you can't do yourself you know your kid's got a cavity you can't fix it yourself guess what i can i'm going to give you some information and try to assist you in that and that's just a philosophical thing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's my way or the highway in my office, or they're really concerned about the medical ethics of that. And personally for me, I seem, you know, I think we, I think we all feel the same way. We're more like advocates for the family. Yeah.
2: As and, long as you're telling them, listen, yeah, there's no way for me to know whether or not you have a cavity unless we take x-rays an X-ray or, and then they say, no, we don't want x-rays. Okay. Well just know that you can potentially right. have And something, fluoride fluoride. As we well We know
1: empirically, we know fluoride will, Help protect your teeth from cavities. Um, and it's recommended. And it's recommended. And if you choose to skip that and you're still getting cavities, hey, you know, it's a concept of like inform or um, call it um, intentional neglect, right? Like where you, you know, like it's a choice too. Like choosing not to do anything is still a choice. It's also awesome.
3: a As a parent, I like when I go in to the pediatrician whoever I like to be informed of what's going on I like to have options nobody likes to go in and feel like they don't have any control over the situation sure so that's what people appreciate right when
1: we're, we're totally in a society now where I think it's pretty normal to where people question western medicine it's not no longer a if I don't know if it ever was cuz I certainly didn't practice in a place where it was like oh doc whatever you say goes and maybe there was a time when that was okay nowadays everybody's questioned right even the most what seems to be the most fundamental truths are quite, I mean, just the other day, I got a flyer on my windshield about how the world is actually flat <laughs> and it was chock full of evidence for a flat earth, right? Clearly. And so, I mean, for every, everything is put into question. Speaking of tough questions, we were talking about this fluoride topic in our office and Casey, you dropped a hilarious story on me that I was very glad wasn't me.
3: Uh, Yeah, so I was working in West Texas. This is like a year, almost two years ago. So it was pretty soon after I had started working and out of school. And I'm in this rural office far, far east of El Paso. And so the medical school in El Paso in that area is through Texas Tech. And anyway, I'm in the office that day. I was just finishing up a procedure and the office manager peeks her head in the door you know dr hall um we have a group of medical students here from texas tech medical university that want to uh have a conference with you and talk to you about dentistry unannounced right totally unannounced i had (laughs) zero idea this was happening that's nice and in my head i'm thinking like like i'm like shaggy from scooby-doo like we gotta get out of here Scoob. but anyway so i finished the procedure and I'm trying to figure out what, what like, what the heck is going on. And so they, I get ushered out into our like movie theater room that we had. So it's like stadium seating. And there's, got, there was probably like 9, 10, 11 medical students in there. Now, are you sitting the
0: one
2: person in the stadium seating and then they're all surrounding you giving a presentation? Or are you standing up and then they're sitting? How- so
3: I'm at the <laughs> front, like in front of the theater screen. And they're all in the stadium seating. Like I'm giving a lecture. <laughs> and wait, I love this. and just so everyone, knows, you heard this correct. This is a theater
1: yeah. inside oh, a yeah. pediatric dental wow. office. Yeah, it was. It was right insane. next to a giant
3: play structure and train. Yeah. Anyway, that's for another yeah, discussion. That, he, yes, right. <laughs> but so I go in there, and they're in, in stadium seating, sitting there with their notes out, laptops, notepads, whatever. All of them expecting this like lecture from me. So apparently they had asked permission to do this a few weeks before and they just the office forgot to inform me. Oh my so gosh. they're expecting like this question and answer thing. I'm totally unprepared. I'm not that far out of school. And the first question I get is so in El Paso, especially in the East side of El Paso, there's like rampant fluorosis in the community. Uh, so does your office do, topical fluoride and what why would you do that if, if children are suffering from fluorosis out here and Ugh. so i'm like sweating bullets Ugh. oh my gosh! oh crap uh what's fluorosis again yeah right <laughs> no it it was a huge issue i mean a lot of the kids that we had in the office had fluorosis you know so massive staining of Brown your teeth brittle teeth, your teeth yeah Ugh. and
1: but i lo- wait i love the question though and when you brought it up, I was like, Shh, "Crap! I've never thought about that." This
3: was a researched question. Yeah, like they went over this. No, I'm, I'm sure with their professor. No, or they whatever. set you up.
1: This is a setup because they probably know that a you know Medicaid-driven office, which is what this was, is doing a lot of billing for um, you know prophylaxis, <laughs> fluoride application, right? And they're probably wondering like, are is this being done purposeful? Or are you just doing it to make money? Right? you just putting fluoride on to cash the check for fluoride when it may not be indicated. I love the question. Which I is, love and hate
3: it. Which is rich coming from a bunch of you physicians that are working in hospitals, billing people like crazy. Right. Anyway. Billed for like <laughs> pen. <laughs> Used yeah. pen to write notes. Yeah. <laughs> $25. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So they asked the question and I'm sitting there like sweating bullets and my staff is in the room now. Everybody's looking at me. So I just totally pull this answer out of my ass. Like, uh, so fluorosis is caused from too much fluoride systemically as teeth are developing. So as the teeth develop, the fluoride ions integrate. And if you get too many, then they cause staining, other issues with, with the teeth. But the teeth have already formed at this point. So when we're placing the topical fluoride, those fluoride ions are going in and just strengthening the teeth. It appeased the, the Bravo. medical students. It Bravo. The, students. So Bravo. My, the redness is starting to go away in my face. And then they and then they hit me with, so what have you done in the community to assist with the water fluoridation? And so I'm just about ready to like just... <laughs> We're to back to our low. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We've got our lows. we got our high. We're back to low. <laughs> <laughs> Way back down. Anyway, one of the assistants chimed in and said the dentist there before me had written into the city complaining about it. So I just kind of piggybacked onto that. But anyway, yeah, it was total back in the corner, hit with a tough question, but through, pulled through. Yeah,
1: that's good. I mean, I love this question. This question has really been like churning through my head since it first came up. You've got fluorosis caused by excess fluoride ion during the development of teeth. Okay, so these teeth pop out. And they erupt out, and they're ugly. They're covered. They're, they're, they're mottled. They're yellow. But we maybe this is the question though: is sometimes we don't know when we see a mottled tooth, is this the direct result of a fluorosis, or is this a hypoplasia of some other origin? Because in theory, you would say, well, like a hypoplasia, like a fluorosis, might be on every tooth all the time. But it, is, it seems to me possible that you might have excess fluoride available during the development of specific teeth and not during the development of all teeth. In the same way, some sort of systemic effect could cause a hypoplasia. So, Because we'll see these teeth get caries. And when they get caries, they go fast because that enamel is garbage. And if you think of the enamel crystal as like an ever-changing matrix, right? It's got like this outer edge that's always letting ion in and out. It's dynamic. I guess there's an argument that having fluoride placed upon it could further strengthen it. It could be worthless. Um, You know, maybe without a microscopic study, you don't know. And you're also feeding this, you know, this smear layer um, that's on your, that kind of floating in your tooth, you're kind of impregnating that with some fluoride. So I think, I love your answer. It was a great answer, but it's one where I'm thinking, like,
3: man. Hmm. It, it's really a great question
1: like in, when in, do you do it and when wouldn't you
2: i think that right there is the definition of an educated guess yeah that that right there is an educated a really well articulated educated it's guess. awesome
1: yeah because fluoridation we know the we know the history on fluoridation right fluorosis um i was doing some research on it the first mention of fluoride um and, term, and teeth was in the 1870s in a In Germany, there were fluoride pills being manufactured in England by the turn of the century, promoted to improve dental health. Okay, So people believe that fluoride was helping teeth. Um, The story we all know comes from the dentist, Frederick McKay, who was a dentist from St. Louis, who came to Colorado Springs um, and some other mining communities, and while there was exposed to significant numbers of people with fluorosis. Um, Some other big cities, Oakley, Idaho, um, Bauxite, Arizona... Um, they noticed it and he brought those observations home with him and they thought that, um, initially that it was the lack of fluoride that was possibly causing it. So people knew for a while, like fluoride hardens teeth. We kind of knew it. We just didn't know how to piece it together. Anyway, you know, Dr. McKay, um, in 1916 brings our boy GV black to the Springs To show him, like, hey, check this out, this phenomenon. They worked together. They finally cracked the code. Hey, it's not lack of um, fluoride causing this. It's too much fluoride. But check it out. The teeth are ugly, but they're not decayed the way the rest of the world is becoming very decayed. And you would imagine the early 1900s, right? Everyone was expected to have dentures. You know, processed food, sugars, crap. Diet was getting cruddy, and, and hygiene was not great. And dental products also not great. So the idea of like fluoridating water to improve things is pretty cool. So 19, January nineteen forty-five, Grand Rapids, Michigan fluoridates to one part per million. Decay in kids decreases. And this was a this was interesting because this is a public health experiment run on children. <laughs> they track children. This would be very hard to get. You can't do IRB that now on these days, <laughs> right? Let's Nobody's experiment approving on this. all of our children. In Nobody's this city. nobody is approving a mass medication like this these days. I mean, imagine the process gone through to get like a new vaccine out. Insane. They just they fluorinate the water. So, it makes sense people were very skeptical. I mean, what the hell's going on? Um anyway, it worked. And that that's pretty cool, but people are people are scared and those fears persist. I mean, fluorine itself is highly toxic, it's volatile. It, you know, doesn't you know, it only exists in salts and it's it's a mess. So, I had a patient, um, and this is there's so many lessons to be learned from this patient, which they it, it relates to fluoride. But this whole idea of like fear of dental materials and not trusting Western medicine and wondering what's happening brings this woman to mind. I got a call from an oral surgeon in town who said, "Hey, I have a special favor. I know you have hospital privileges. I've got a woman, an adult woman. I need to take a tooth out." she needs to do it in the OR. She has such severe anxieties and psychological problems that she can't leave home. But she believes that she could come to the hospital and be put under a general anesthesia and while under general anesthesia could have a diseased tooth removed which she believes is contributing to her mental state. But while she's there, she really wants all of her amalgam removed. And He's like, would you be willing to come in and remove all the amalgam in this woman's mouth and replace it with composite while she's under anesthesia for me to do this extraction? And I'm like, what? I mean, this is insane, right? Like, how old is this when she's like 50, right? For 40 something. I don't know. But I mean, this is crazy. So he's like, hey, dude, it's all cash. You know, it's – she's just going to pay you. Set the fee where you want it and throw it out there. And, and if she wants it, she'll pay it. So – I was like, you know, I don't treat adults. I don't want to do this. This is crazy. And how do I even know what I'm getting myself into? You know, she could be like all four surface amalgams and she needs crowns and putting in resins. Disaster. So I reluctantly agree. And I can't remember the circumstances. But it was, I believe it was in the fall. And my office manager was kind of helping deal with this. And he loves to ski. And I love to ski. And I said to him, help me deal with this lady we're going to take every cent we make and we're buying new skis. So I was acting and I normally don't do this where I act like <laughs> where like I'm like, I'm going to do this procedure disclaimer. And then, and then I don't do this. And then I don't I'm going to go buy something this. <laughs> afterwards. This is not what I do, but this was also outside of my scope of practice for the most part. So I agree to go to this woman's house and I get an address. Her parents are there. I get this list of instructions emailed to me of how to present at the house. I remember this. Do you remember I was this? I was you there. I yeah, then you was, were like, this is I have to go to this lady. Yes, I'm I like, never,
2: but you're a pediatric what are you what are you doing? doing? Going calls? To- I was
1: doing a house call <laughs> because I wanted new skis and I had convinced myself this is how I was gonna do it. I so, don't think that was it was
2: that was explained. I don't remember yes, that, but yeah. Yeah yeah, <laughs> that was my secret. It's out
1: now. It was show up at the house, speak quietly. No perfumes, colognes, no deodorant, no scented hair products. Um, like everything had to be like as new because she's like this woman and had allergy or intolerances for everything under the sun, right? Every material, every exposure. She also had an electricity allergy. Oh, my! If you recall, I don't know if you, anybody listening watches Better Call Saul. Oh, yes, but when. Saul's brother shows up with the electricity allergy. Guess what? I had already seen it. (laughs) I had seen one. Dude, I had seen one live. So I show up at her house, and she does not live far from me. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Um, I go in. Her parents answer the door. Her parents are so kind. They're like elderly, really nice. I feel bad they're probably funding my new skis. And trust me, we... We um, did not up this woman's fees. We just took our standard fees for anything we did. Um, and we invented a house call fee. I went, I sat down with this woman and we talked about her, her health history. She'd apparently had Lyme disease at some point. She was from the East Coast. She had a PhD in psychology. So this is interesting. a... Yes, very interesting. interesting. This is a very smart woman. But she, like, I don't know if she'd overdiagnosed herself or what it was. Anyway. She's allergic to life. She's yes. allergic to life. It was a disaster. <laughs> she told me the story of how she'd kind of, like, went from being highly functional and doing everything to, like, this slow breakdown. And This um, is so much like Chuck in It is. Control. It's just <laughs> so like similar. Chuck. No, it's so similar. That's why that really resonated. And then she got to the point where she was housebound with dim lights. And it was weird because I would be looking at her in her face. We're having this discussion and she wanted to meet in her bedroom because that was like her safe space. Oh, that kind of a house call. Yes, yes, thank you. I knew that was coming. But I was like, I can't go in this woman's bedroom. So I talked to the... I'm like, hey, I'm not comfortable going into her bedroom. Like, I, I can't do that. So we... Matt in the hallway, she sat in just inside the threshold of her bedroom. I sat on a chair just outside just the, the door. The door's open, the door is
2: cracked open, and she's no, opening no. her <laughs> mouth like, can you like see? bending, like can over? You, so, you can don't use you, a light, look at this, uh, don't use a uh, light. Can you see everything? Uh, uh, like no, so. I had, and a, then closes the door right after, dude. <laughs> I had a basic
1: kit with me, and um, I feel like. I can't recall it exactly, but I feel like I had an impression, like some p- putty and an impression tray. And I think I took an impression to make a um, retainer for her after she had this tooth extracted. So she had – it was like a canine or first premolar that had cracked and become abscessed. And she believed the abscess was contributing to her health problems. Anyway, so we sat in this dark corridor. She's in her bedroom. I'm in the hall. We're talking. Her parents are like in the house somewhere walking around. And, um, you know, it's Santa Fe, so this is a single-story home. So they're they're like, they can hear everything that's being said. And we would talk so normal, and then every once in a while, she'd like, it seemed like she was acting and put on like a weird spasm or something. She'd be like, oh, yeah. And then she'd like get over it, and she's like, okay, I'm good. It was It seemed like she would just totally forget that she was sick, and then she would remember and get sick again. It was so weird. Anyway, I checked out her teeth. She needed a bunch of... Like, you know, it was like she had had extension for prevention, GV, extension for prevention amalgams placed. I take the impression and she says, okay, but you can't just put any material into my mouth. I'm very sensitive. I need to, one, check every material you have. So she gives me a list provided by her doctor, who's a doctor here in town, a, um alternative medicine doctor who... Um, I had a delightful conversation with about her. Um, you know, he was just kind of like, yeah, all my patients are kind of crazy and, um, this is how we roll. So thanks for being cool and working with us. Like he, he didn't even pretend like it was like normal. He was like, yeah, this is weird stuff. He's like, this is all I do is this stuff. He's like, here's a list. Can you find materials? Turns out almost every material I had was on this list. So big list every, and it had every brand of every like composite, every bonding, everything that you could imagine was on this list with like a yes or no safety check. I got all yeses on my materials, but then she needed to see them. So we sent her, we got like little vials, and I sent her a vial with all the composites that we might use, a flowable, packable, um, a couple different shades. I sent her bonding agent. We sent her etch. We sent her... You name it.
2: I like. want to say that she came to the office at one point no. and wanted to like... No,
1: no. Her parents came and the collected parents. the samples. Okay, that's what it was. They took them home and then she held them in her hands. And, and what she did would... she do? What did she do, Chris? When <laughs> yeah. she held them in her hands, what was she trying she to say? She was set? energetically testing them to see if she was energetically oh, allergic to goodness. them. So she tested every one of these materials for, ener- for energy, energy allergies.
2: So if her, if her energy... Like,
1: yeah, jived. It was, yes, with, it's her with, mouth
3: feng shui. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, dude, it was unbelievable. So, but what I didn't tell you is this, I, oh, man, this, this whole case makes me sound like the worst dentist. Um, well, I'm shaking so, my head.
2: You, the, the, the listeners can't what, see, see they me can't shaky, see, I know. shaking so, my head as you're telling this story. I,
1: I'm like, hey, I'm in. I'll do this case. And she tells me all I want is this flowable composite. Surefill, by the way. Sure Shaking fill, my head I can't again. Remember who makes Shaking sure my fill. head again. <laughs> it's the Surefill we have it in the office. She only wants Surefill. I feel like Surefill has fluoride in it. Um, but she that
2: could have been. The... I really
1: think it, she is hundred percent convinced this is the best material for her. She approves the Ultra Dent brand like um, bonding agent, and she approves.
2: That's it. Yep. Yep. I'm, yep. And I'm she approves a...
1: Surefill Flowable, I'm... and I'm like, well, Flowable is not ideal for all these teeth that you need. I could do some, I could do bulk fill with, with the sure fill. And I kind of want to put something a little more durable over. And she tested a bunch of other resins and was like, you know what? This is definitely what I want. And I was like, well, it's going to wear down. You could need to replace them sooner. And she's like, Oh, after I get this done, I think I'm going to get well. And I'll come to the office and I'll go have somebody replace them in an office with gold or whatever she wanted. Wow. I was like, wonderful. So I'm thinking, these are essentially temporary fillings. So, But I'm like, you're going to expose yourself to all these noxious, general anesthetic gases and medicines? And she was like, well, I have no choice. I'm between a rock and a hard spot because I've got this active infection. I have to get this tooth out. Nobody will do a house call for me. The oral surgeon won't do a house call. He'll just pull my tooth out. So, and he was okay with just not seeing her and just taking it out. He had like an iPhone picture. So, Anyway, she works with her doctor to get a um, concoction of (laughs) suppositories that needed to be placed. Lovely. That were were going to help her, like, chalate out, like, the noxious chemicals from the GA. He also secretly prescribes her a heavy dose of Versed preoperatively for her to take it home. Now, the OR is like, you can't. Can't do that. You take meds here when we watch you. You don't take something at home and show up. Well, guess what? She did. So she took something, not oral. She took a Versed suppository. Mm. Did you know they even made that? I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either. Maybe it's compound. But think about the implications for pediatric sedation. (laughs) <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, mom. Can you shove this in? Oh, they won't drink the medicine? Shove this up their butt. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, wa-
2: I'm really wondering why residencies aren't doing that because that's dude, where the residency surely, is where that dude, would be Surely
1: done. some residency out there is like, we've done intranasal. We've done oral. And now we're exploring suppository.
2: You know what? They've actually
1: created a, a new
2: papoose update. board with an opening in the back. <laughs>
1: Yes, it's perfect. Hold on. Why do their pants seem to be down together? Well, which so we can put our drugs in. We can perfectly titrate. <laughs> then you give them, give them an enema to finish. So anyway, so she, this woman, she gets her drugs. She shows up at the OR. I meet him there. It's in the afternoon. We do it after the work day. So I didn't have to miss any work for it. It was great. I roll in and she gets her tooth pulled. Oral surgeon's like, thanks, dude. I'm out he takes off and i sit there and i cut out every one of her amalgams and we replace them all with this surefill the problem was as i was prepping to go to the or i was like hey i need a bunch of surefill guess what we're we don't out. have that much we're out oh man they're like well i have this you know these few ampules i'm like you got to be kidding me we don't have more of this and this is the morning of i call my supplier hey i need a solid dale you know this guy. Yeah. I'm like, Dale, dude, I need some SureFill. And he's like, oh, I can't get it that fast. I call like 10 offices in town. Hey, does anybody use this SureFill flowable? Nobody uses it. I raid our second location because we had a second location at the time. I raid the second location. I find a couple more ampules. So I've got the absolute bare minimum, the lowest amount of this I can possibly do. So then I'm rolling over to the hospital and I'm having this huge ethical dilemma. Like, if I don't have enough flowable, but I need to get the amalgam out, can I put something else in? (laughs) Will she know? Right? If I put in, like, let's just say I, like, put in some other flowable that's also on her list. I had some other product. I was like, I could just squirt this in there. She may not even know the difference. But then I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't do that because I promised her. Anyway, I made the sure fill work. I stretched it, man. It was like Jesus... And the fish and bread. <laughs> I'm telling you, I rolled in there with the smallest amount of sugar fill you could ever have. And
2: then it multiplied. I, yes.
1: <laughs> and sure enough, I got to the end. I filled all those babies. And I was like, how did I pull that off? And then there's a brief argument ensues about which nurse is going to put all the suppositories in that she wants. Because she brought her own concoction. And they were like, yeah, sure, put them in. Um anyway and I mean, they tried to get this, me to is do is it is
2: this like a sausage link like like, <laughs> like i just imagine <laughs> just kind of just shoving those them. in putting it was, them in there
1: it was so terrible because they're like oh you know doctor you should do this she's your patient I'm like, she's not my patient she's the oral surgeon's patient they're like i'm help i'm the assistant <laughs> and they're like well don't look at me they're like <laughs> we only put in drugs the hospital gives but the doctor can administer their own medicines like somehow like you because know, I could give my own locals and other things. So they're like, you can administer this. I'm like, J-. but I don't want to. I'm like, this is <laughs> like a grow- like a adult woman. I'm not gonna put things in her butt. Like, I-, <laughs> I
2: I am on the other side. I'm the opening on the other side. I don't go yes, to the opening. Yes, exactly. The- I do not go down there. It's not oral anal. <laughs> <oral, okay>? Yes.
1: <laughs> so anyway, one of the nurses, who's one of my friends, is like, I'll do it. She gloves up, shoves those things, in. we finish this case. Woman goes home, and. We hear she, you know, um, her retainer fits. She's super stoked. Um, a few years later, she calls back. Would Dr. Chris be willing to make another house call to clean her teeth? She needs a cleaning. I'm like, I am not making a house call to clean your teeth. Like, hell no. Like, I draw the line. You're supposed to be better now.
2: Clear, Yeah, clearly you, these haven't gotten you better to get Plus. these other teeth done or fixed again like
1: we already i mean i already proved i'll I'll sell out right like somebody could be like well i'll pay if i pay you enough will you come do this like sure i'll sell out so like i was like yeah i mean they could pay me enough i'd go up to their house and scale her teeth like in in her hallway but then i was like i felt bad for her parents how much was i going to charge them to show up there and her parents would probably pay it for her She's not working. Her poor elderly parents are probably like cleaning out all their retirement. retirement. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. It's I can't do it. So I didn't do it. But she apparently got somebody else to do it. She found a hygienist somewhere who did do a house call and cleaned her teeth. And she sends an email back to our office. Just want to say thank you to Dr. Chris. The hygienist checked, was checking my teeth and said I had beautiful. Composite replacements of all my amalgams,
3: and I was like, truly a Jesus moment. Yes, <laughs> I was like, ah, that's all right. So that's my. I
1: guess I really didn't have much to do with fluoride. Besides, I'm sure she wouldn't have wanted fluoride. Um, I mean,
2: if she did, I mean, what would you would you ha- would you take the trays or what would you
1: use? Yeah, like- yeah. What would you use for yeah SDF? No, um.
2: So <laughs> that, I mean, I mean, there
1: was. That I just think shows the, 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 the one thing I Santa have State. to
2: stop here is that we have the the magic word trays. So you use I I I told Chris at the beginning of this before this podcast that that should he use the the magic word or the secret word as that I remember from Wee's Playhouse that we wouldn't yell into the microphone, but we would have to uh, have uh, an activity in which he was surprised. He doesn't know what what's happening. But I have here. I asked the the um, assistants what fluoride flavor creates the worst responses in our children, <laughs> and I think the unanimous was the bubblegum flavor. And I think it would be appropriate. I brought three of these, so all of us End have to have to apply self apply to us yeah, and then and continue the remainder of the podcast with this on there, and we can even. <laughs> Commentate okay. on so, on this.
1: These are the oh. lollipop style varnishes. You
3: can't really hear. It. I'm peeling it. You know, I put some of this. Make stuff. sure
2: you mix this. Mix it really good. Get that. Right. Get, get that stuff on heavy there. Heavy sap. It's Too
3: bad we're not doing it right after a cleaning to get maximum oh. burn. Oh, dude, this stuff is wicked.
2: I don't. I, oh, bubble gum is not oh. the best. Oh, holy oh. crap! Oh. What are we
1: this doing? This stuff is kids. so nasty. So, oh. oh. Oh my gosh. It's got a little bit of bubblegum flavor to it like after a while
3: after, after that like gracious. intense pain. Oh, uh, it is
1: like
2: some of our kids are like it burns it burns. Yeah. It does. I can I can feel the burn oh. on that. We've had this big problems so in our
1: office with fluoride varnish because the kids say it's been so caustic that they're running to our sinks and they're spitting into our sinks which we have in the treatment base which has been gumming up the, the, plumbing. Um, the plumbing and the um, little grates on them. What we
2: should really have is a oh, spittoon.
1: <laughs> have
3: stuff, a little fluoride spittoon. Oh, I got some of my mustache. This stuff's terrible. This stuff is wicked. <laughs> it's so, so gross. I one day, speaking
1: of varnish, you guys you guys know this, but maybe some of our listeners, listeners don't know. I have a little um, cycling addiction outside of my practice life. and I was at a 12-hour mountain bike race one day, and I was thinking... Man, I'm drinking so many like carbohydrates and eating goo products and all this crap all day. It's really bad for your teeth. And then there's actually been some like low-level research that um, athletes, endurance athletes, suffer from a lot of caries secondary to the diet. So I had this brilliant plan. I was going to preload with varnish, and I was going to go race the day with varnish on my teeth, and then I brush it all off. And I would have protected myself. So. I get up in the morning, I have a stack, I have some varnishes in my trailer. I load up, I paint up, and I head out on my first lap. I've got like a energy, some sort of like carbohydrate drink with me. I take a drink of that stuff over the top of the varnish and just about barfed. It was the nastiest experience. I came back, I had to stop my race and brush my teeth before I could resume. (laughs) That's how bad it was. There's something about that fluoride. We tell the kids, oh, this is great. You can eat and drink right right away. No, um, oh, it's
2: nasty. you trying to do that we,
1: This must be – this is um, – for the listener who also buys products, this is the Centrix brand Fluorodose 5% sodium fluoride varnish. This stuff is so nasty. I, <laughs> I give them flavor. I give it two massive thumbs down. <laughs> um, and we actually had a meeting with our product rep last week where we requested – new fluoride varnish i think we well, we task- even
2: asked him we said hey has anybody else been having issues with the taste We're like no i, I
1: haven't of course he would say that
3: though right no. no
1: but i don't know that we buy this through them i think i think this is bought like um, from a third party fluoride like a varnish provider because there's companies that will come through they'll offer like disc you know cheaper gloves cheaper varnish stuff like that i think the margins on varnish have to be huge Because I've never had a product in the office pushed with so much enthusiasm from the product reps. They love, oh, get rid of your foams, get get into, get into fluoride. Um, But the thing about varnish. With this stuff tasting so bad, I think it's completely <laughs> ineffective. I mean the kids <laughs> – I watch kids get this and then try to get it off their teeth as fast as possible, which they're is why running, we're making
2: changes. running, jumping they're out of the
1: chair and running to the dying. sink. So there are better varnishes out there. But I wonder like to – its fluoride is so hard because you don't know how effective it is, right? It's really hard to tell when you apply it. Does this actually work? We ran a fluoride varnish clinic. When I was in residency – this was before the glory days of um, – silver diamine fluoride, we ran a fluoride clinic, a varnish clinic. We had a dentist who, I can't remember the details, but for whatever reason, she didn't do clinical practice, but had a license of some sort. Anyway, she ran this clinic in the hospital where we brought in young babies with early childhood caries, and we would apply varnish to them over like, Weekly or you know bi-monthly, bi-weekly, whatever intervals, and then we would track the progression of the disease, and then ultimately we did like this study, like this retrospective study where we looked back and said, of all the kids enrolled in the varnish program, how many ended up in the OR, and how many did we like stop the disease process with varnish? And I don't have the data from that. We were doing that in conjunction with maybe the dental school at Harvard, and. Or it could have been Tufts. So I don't know. It was one of the one of the Boston-area dental programs. All I know is this clinic seems so worthless. I mean, it was like we were just watching babies decay their teeth until we could get them in the OR. I don't know. What do you got? You. Got, I mean, I, so I feel like Varnish, in theory, I love it. I love the concept of it. I've applied it to my own children. I've, I have some at home that I've applied at times. Um, I've gone, like, I've been on a road trip. My kids aren't, are going to bed at weird times. We've been eating crap all day. and I'm not going to brush their teeth. I've varnished them up and put them to bed. Like I believe in it, but I'm not like always sold.
2: So I think that I, it's hard to, hard to say yay or nay, but I can definitely tell you that for our low carries risk patients, it works really
1: well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they maintain it. <laughs> You know the thing is, there's also different like formulations of fluoride, right? Like it's not all just this. The sodium fluoride in this varnish is just one of the different kinds, right?
3: Yeah. Well, and can I also just say that my lips still feel sticky and yes, it still, still in have my that mustache. burning oh. sensation. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, but there's different types of fluoride varnish: stannous fluoride, sodium fluoride. Sodium fluoride, I think, is what gets pushed most at dental offices because it's less expensive for them to manufacture. And uh, it's also less effective. <laughs> but so th- I guess the difference is just a quick breakdown would be stannous fluoride. So the metal in stannous fluoride is tin. Tin can hold more fluoride ions, or just more ions, than um, sodium, which holds one fluoride ion. Stannous fluoride can hold two fluoride ions. So you get a higher concentration of fluoride ions getting in- integrated into the hydroxyl of the enamel. Uh, stannous fluoride some of its things that it can do or mechanisms of action is it can kill bacteria so it has that bactericidal effect um, it, it can do that by damaging the cell membrane causing the bacteria cell to lyse uh, it can right. it, it can interfere with the bacteria's ability to grab onto the tooth and this is all the the tin. This is all the mm-hmm. stannous fluoride. Whereas yeah, you're not seeing form. any right, of that right. with
2: as much of that with your sodium, right? Exactly. I think I I just am recalling right now as I'm tasting this. I remember uh, in residency we would like put on fluoride on ourselves uh, there, and we would get the uh, indigestion was just bad, and it was like this is not as bad as as where we had, but we would have what we called the, the flurps the fluoride burps and it would just like you would just get this massive bubble of whatever you just swallowed from the fluoride it was so gross and yeah i can i can t- i can appreciate that the kids might not appreciate the taste the feeling the sensation this is really gross. Well, this theory, is warm, the, really gross.
3: The varnish is helping the pH level in your mouth from <laughs> Sorry. the acid. Sorry, Chris's I'm face. Chris's face out, is man, shaking gross. off. This the is wicked. <laughs> is wicked. Well, so then you know you, you take into all those you take all those things into account. How much are you actually even getting on their teeth? Because how many right. kids do you just dab the brush in and they go ballistic? Right, and, and I think there's some
1: there's some research out there that says that. Even like a partial application is still beneficial um, and still can be a f- clinically effective. I can't. I don't know where that cites from at this time, but that's what I, at least that's what I've been told, and so maybe that's just like product rep telling me. When I was in residency, we used a like a mouth rinse, a fluoride, like a heavy fluoride mouth rinse. This has to be the worst way to apply it. It has to be the cheapest too. I'm guessing that's why we did it. We you just had have huge- this pump. Yeah, man, we had a huge (laughs) pump. And you pumps them into a little, like, medicine cup. You give it to the kid. The kid would take it, swish it, and then they would – they were supposed to spit it out. But you know what half of them did? They swallowed this stuff. We had so many barfs. I mean the kids swallowed this whole cup of, like – Heavy like prescription grade fluoride, and then they barf everywhere.
2: Well, at least that fluoride is protecting from the acid. That they <laughs> yeah, just... it's, a, <laughs> it's
1: balancing out it's balancing all out. the gastric acid that just gives, It's so <laughs> true, right? It's just, it's crazy. So we had fluoride wars here in Santa Fe, which I mentioned earlier, and these wars were about lowering the level of fluoride in the city water system. And we have some naturally occurring fluoride, and we have water that comes from a variety of systems, but we have a few main like hubs where it comes together, and we've been fluoridating the water in Santa Fe. The city council brought together a meeting to propose adopting new ADA standards, which actually lowered the recommended dosage for public water fluoridation. At the city council meeting that moved the city councilor who was proposing that we should adopt these new regulations was actually performing a sneak attack and the recommendation would be that we get rid of fluoridation altogether. altogether and so people you know people came out of the woodwork to fight to for and against fluoride because anything the city council does has to be like announced publicly and given public forum it was mayhem i showed up there i testified on behalf of fluoridation Um, in our public water system. But what was most funny from the entire thing that I want to bring up was the city councilman who sponsored the bill, or I don't know if it's a bill, whatever it was, who had sponsored it, was distributing information to his fellow city council members about why fluoride was evil or why we should cut it all together. And turns out this information was a college research paper that he wrote while an undergrad at Berkeley, and this was not a young man. <laughs> I mean, can you, can you just imagine, though, like, here you are, a grown man, in the city council, you want to persuade a bunch of other presumably educated council people and the city at large to believe in something, and you bust out a paper paper, you probably wrote on a typewriter in the 70s. You probably – the one that you have – you, you had to submit the
2: one that you, you wrote. Right. And you, so the one a, you kept is on carbon Carbon copy. copy, right? So he's Xeroxing his carbon copy.
1: Or maybe he got it back and it has his – It's it,
2: all a purple type. or it
1: had, <laughs> It's got his grade on it. Like, yeah. B plus. He's like, I got a B plus on this essay, guys. This is real. Yeah. Uh, so, but actually the so the only argument to me that makes any sense in water fluoridation is, however, the role of government, and this one has been debated forever. Um, we know that you know the freaky deekies have been arguing that fluoride's a communist plot and and fluoride does this and that bad thing. We now have some real literature that says fluoride might in the water system could be. You know, detrimental to children of you know, or the gestating children. Um, Males, males females are okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) So it's a weird study. Um, But the role of government and do you want the government to mass medicate? To me, is actually a legit question. Everything else, I'm kind of like, come on. We got data that shows this is probably beneficial and and questionably harmful. Used appropriately drinking in normal amounts. You know, there's kids who have sued because they were eating tubes of toothpaste in one. And, they, you know, there's all that kind of crap. Fluoride can damage you. But water fluoridation in our community where we have a government system, whether this is, and New Mexico especially, this may not be everywhere in the country, but in New Mexico, we are heavily government dependent. Whether you're on public assistance or you work for the government and have like a private health insurance or something, but subsidized by the government, Right. So the That's question, almost everybody here.
2: The question really is, I mean, yes, you can have – no matter which side of the fence you're on, a lot of these freaky deekies, as you termed right there, are on Medicaid assistance, right? So we, they are – So they are. a lot of them, a lot of them have – are on Medicaid. We so, definitely
1: get that for sure in our and office. So
2: the question is – if you're getting Medicaid, if you're getting assistance from the government, should you have a say of whether the government can or cannot right. medicate
1: you? Exactly. You are
2: getting stuff from them. They from are the paying for you to seek treatments to a
1: preventable disease. So you
2: have no but say. But you don't want
1: their prevention right. mechanism. That I agree. It's like motorcycle helmet laws, right? Like you, if the state has to pay to fix your busted brain, they should be able to mandate that you wear a helmet. And if they don't, then I feel like when you smash your head because you chose not to wear this, wear a helmet, then maybe the state should say, hey, gosh, sorry, you weren't, you weren't following the rules. I mean that's like I tried to tow my trailer with a rental truck and I bought the full insurance on my rental truck. And in my fine print, if you tow, it voids all the insurances, which immediately I'm like, well, I have full coverage and I paid for this. Well, but if you break the rule, you get no coverage. I don't know. It's a possibility, right? right? We could consider it. You know, so I don't know. Like, I think fluoride is a medicine. This is, I gave an interview to the newspaper during the fluoride debate. And ultimately, what I ended up saying, for better or worse, was fluoride's a medicine. It's a medicine for disease. A disease that's the most common chronic disease of childhood, period. It accounts for more missed school days than anything else. This is a disease that we suffer from in America and that disease is caries. This is a medication that treats caries, helps prevent caries. You know, so I think it makes sense from a public health standpoint to do it. I don't think there's enough evidence even at this point that we should stop. I think a pregnant if I if my wife got pregnant today, um I would probably say, you know, maybe avoid the fluoride. You know, it's questionable. We have it obviously affected it maybe somehow or that data shows it. I could see myself being the um, physician who came into my office who was like, hey, I recommend fluoride. Kids, don't take that. Like I w- <laughs> I'd probably end up being – I could see myself being that person. But I think, like you said, it's all based on risk level, right? At the end of the day, any medication is based on whether or not you need it. And this is where the med students tried to nail you, Casey, was they were trying to say like, were you actually giving individualized treatment plans? Or were you just billing to, the to the bill? Or yeah, or were you just billing to bill? And I think that's a trap we try not to fall into at our office, but it's it's hard. I guarantee you, we have put fluoride on a kid with fluorosis. I guarantee it. I guarantee you, we put fluoride on a kid who has really low, fluor- low
3: low carries risk. Well, and if you look at what the ADA says about it, it actually says on the ADA's page that you can't not that you're not going to hurt teeth that have fluorosis by applying a fluoride varnish right. to it
1: yeah i mean it's not going to get worse right it's it's there um it's weird that we used to prescribe fluoride drops i don't know about you jason but for my board exams i had memorized the fluoride drop oh, yeah. schedule
2: we're still having to memorize my that.
3: kids have fluoride drops we i mean my son was born in portland oregon mm-hmm. where they famously don't have fluoride in the water and my my, my son grew up with fluoride drops. Yeah, isn't it weird though that like I
1: mean, I think fluoride drops have to be the least effective way of, of, get, of getting fluoride, topical fluoride, right? But if you look back, like, I don't think we have evidence of this, but some of the older dental textbooks still say, like, we presumed there was a systemic benefit um, to having fluoride. Like, oh, if you had fluoride, systemically, it would probably also benefit your teeth. And I think now we don't really believe that. We don't really have evidence um, to prove that. So to me, it seems weird. I, to me, I think drops are an antiquated delivery system. I think Varnish has taken that away despite the horrible taste.
3: Um, it's, it's so bad. It's it's <laughs> the absolute
1: worst. It's the absolute worst. Um, We won't go into it today, but we, we'll definitely hit up a future podcast on um, silver diamine fluoride. We Our office was early adopters. We were buying this stuff before... Um, it even had FDA approval. Or even no, everyone like we it. we saw some studies about it done overseas, and we knew it existed, and we knew we wanted to try it, um, and we got our hands on some very early on.
3: We liked SDF before it was cool, dude. Yes, <laughs>
1: dude, and now that it's gone mainstream, like I'm not using it. You know, what I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on to something else. Like, oh, black. We're team, way dude. too progressive for that, dude. Yeah. Way, way way too progressive to make that happen um we're we gonna,
2: started this podcast with, with strange doctor strange love. we're bringing
1: it back it's we're gonna hard. out outro this this is you know what let's just fire this up because this is going to bring us home thank you for listening to operatory nine
2: and if you have comments bring it up on our bring website it up on our
1: website operatory nine That's and, the number nine dot com and invite your friends to listen as um we try to <laughs> grow our community
0: and, uh, here. Realized that in addition to fluoridating water, water, there are studies underway to fluoridate salt, flour, fruit juices, soup, sugar, milk, ice cream, ice cream, Mandrake, children's ice cream. God, yeah, you know when fluoridation <laughs> first began? I <laughs> know, uh, no, I don't yet. 1946, 1946, Mandrake. How does that coincide with your post-war commie conspiracy? I mean, it was actually it's obvious, isn't it? so research is off there. substances substance is introduced into our precious bodily fluids
3: <laughs> without the
0: knowledge of the individual, certainly without any choice. Yeah. That's the way your hardcore commie works. <laughs> <laughs> See,
3: Jack, See, I think I'm a hardcore tell commie.
0: Me, tell me, Jack, when did you first become... Make- well, develop this thing. This is great. Well, I uh, I, I, first became aware of it, Mandrake, during the physical act of love. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a, a profound sense of fatigue. A feeling of emptiness. Profound All sense
2: of fatigue
0: and emptiness. Of... Luckily, I, I was able to interpret these feelings correctly. <laughs> <laughs> loss of essence. Yeah, just i can assure you it has not recurred mandrake <laughs> women, uh, women sense my power and they seek the life essence i do not avoid women I'm... mandrake
2: yeah.
0: but i i do deny them my essence I do deny them. <laughs> you know i love it i love it
3: this, is, he, the this is the impotence
2: the impotence oh. is Clearly because of the fluoridation Clear. in the water. Clearly. This is a t-
1: this, we left this one untouched, but this should be like a men's
3: health article. <laughs> Ken fly. But he rose above. He, he rose above. He persevered. Well, <laughs> I mean, he didn't rise. Yeah, he <laughs> did not rise, rise above. above. <laughs> he
2: persevered. He interpreted
1: the feelings correctly. The profound fatigue interpreted oh, I correctly. Uh, I think that's a line that um, we could recommend to any men out there struggling um, with similar issues one distilled water rainwater number two hey baby i'm
2: gonna deny you my my i'm denying you my (laughs) essence
1: i'm suffering from (laughs) profound fatigue, (laughs) secondary to fluoride all right thank you guys has any effect
2: thank you for listening take care